Radio. Hey folks, good evening. Welcome to another edition of Coast to Coast Live, the Ebony and Ivory program. I'm Andy Kimball. We have Lloyd, uh, we have Lloyd um, Booker on the East Coast and uh, a couple of the panelists are going to be joining us in a few minutes, Amanda Love in the UK and I think our producer Cornell Butler is going to be on the show and uh, I'd like to welcome everybody to another evening of the GOP, the Republican National Convention coverage here on the Coast to Coast show. And Lloyd, are we, uh, you with us? I think Lloyd's chimed in. Yeah, no, I'm here. You forgot my last name? Hey, uh, no. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I'm always forgetting your last name. What's his name again? Lloyd, uh, let me think here. Lloyd, uh, Lloyd yeah, something yeah. rather. Lloyd, Lloyd, you're right. my life. You know what I mean? Anyway, how's you it going? You can't be drinking. Everything, everything. You can't be drinking a martini this quick. But um, listen, physically, I'm okay. Uh, otherwise, Man, the world is in a mess uh, um, internationally and nationally. There, there are no sports, uh, no, no major league baseball, no, no NFL, no major league soccer. Tennis has has closed down. Football, basketball, and baseball, same thing. So, um, yeah, that's that's what it is at the moment, and it's being discussed on all of the news stations around the world. And the Republican National Convention has ignored it. I mean, it's almost like uh, they used to say the the, the, the the big person in the house. Um, and well, let me put it this way: I will look at some of it. We have to see if it continues to be ignored today and tomorrow. So, yeah, the, the big news, the, the bigger moment. picture, the bigger picture is not that these sports teams are not playing. That's not the big picture. The big picture is why. What occurred? You know, right. that, that's that's the issue, and um, right. and, and I'm so glad that they brought this to the forefront, and and they're um, they're stopping what they do for a living, and what they you know, and this is what these folks do day in day out, and they put their lives on hold uh, to bring an issue to the forefront, which we already thought we've done so many times before, and, and still, still is happening. So. Um, you know, we that's that's you know we've discussed the issues and so forth on the show many times, and I'm sure we will continue to do so. Um, we're talking about the the, uh, the RNC uh, Republican National Convention this week and all the speeches and so forth, and we're going to to continue day three, which is going to include um, a a culmination of a several uh, speech by Laura uh, Trump, uh, Donald Trump's daughter-in-law, and um, Mike. Pence, the Vice President of the United States, along with a couple of others, we've managed to edit two and a half hours of convention pageantry down to, I think, less than an hour. Holy crap. <laughs> there was some stuff in there as we listened and listened and listened to him and hauled. That was interesting. And we figured, you know what? Yeah, okay, cut this, cut this, cut this. And there's but some stuff in there that, that if I had, yeah. you know, we, we tried to just present the overall, what it was about, the overall gist, the feeling, the flavor, some of the important speeches, some of the more right. important uh, imperative things. And, and also there, there was a lot of, of fact checking that one could do throughout um, the speeches that 
would completely be contrary to what was said. Um, and also, um, I think, uh, Lloyd, as you mentioned, the the what's going on in terms of current events as as this is happening in the streets of Wisconsin and other places in the country, and they haven't mentioned it. Well, two things. A, most of it is pre-recorded, so it hasn't happened yet when these folks give these talks, right? But Mike Pence's out of all the talks, there was only one that wasn't pre-recorded, only one, and that was um, Mike Pence at the end. But, you know, he's the vice president of the United States. I'm assuming – I know it's dangerous not to assume – but I'm assuming that he was notified about what was going on and the uh, the shootings up in the streets of Wisconsin and the ignoring the shooter by the police. I mean, that's – you know, I was absolutely there were no words. I think I don't think my well, jaw has ever been dropped yeah, as much as we, it did last let's night. Get into that. Yeah, let's get into that more full full detail next week. I, I agree. I, I agree. Because once we get started, yeah. that's going to go on forever. So you're right. You're right. You're right. Let, let's let's go ahead and talk about that next week. We will do so, and we invite your calls at five one five six zero five nine eight eight eight. Sometimes I say five zero five six zero eight, but I stand corrected. It is five one five six zero five nine eight eight eight. That is the correct number. And we invite you to be part of our show and uh, join the conversation and reflect your opinions, thoughts, ideas. Uh, we don't play. We've stated how we feel about certain issues, and that is how we feel. I'm not going to hide it. And if it's not your spin, that's okay. It's okay. Call us up and tell us what your spin is. We we, we won't insult you. I promise. I promise. So um, I think what we'll do is um, why don't we get underway with uh, day three um, and – of the Republican National Convention, and we'll uh, and there's some interesting things that were said, and uh, let's uh, get it get it done because that way we can talk about what was said when it's over. So, folks, without further ado, uh, here's our coverage on day three of the highlights of the Republican National Convention. All right. Hello, folks. You know me from TV and radio. I'm Larry Kudlow. No, that was not day three. All right. As I was saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Where did day three go? That was day two. I hate these technical things. You know what I mean? I just, you know. Um, Listen, here we go. Here's day three. With okay, the way folks. things are going, with the way things are going, you can be excused. That's the you least of our worries, right? Least of our worries. Okay. Yo, bro, that's the least of your worries. <laughs> All right. Here's day three. We got it down. To, I think. Is that true? Is this 30 minutes here? It was two hours and 20 minutes. If I cut this to 30 minutes, I'm getting Boy, myself. Well, you cut out a, a lot bit. of fat, didn't you? Uh, man, I'm getting better at this, aren't I? Because you know, it's been running. Last week, the Democrat one ran for. Oh my God, it was bored out of my. You know, did you, it was. Did, is it is it really a half an hour? Is it 30 minutes? It looks. It says it is. But we don't we don't know. Let's see what happens once I hit play, where it ends up. But okay. it's it's, pro- it's probably more than that. It's got to be more than that. As a matter of fact, I know it's more than that. But let's just see what happens. And here we go. We will be here during and after. If you want to call in, we will get your calls. If 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 we don't get it right away, just be, just because we can't, we're tied up with listening to this ourselves. But please do call in at five one five six zero five nine eight eight eight. I want to welcome real quick before we go, real fast, our international audience growing by leaps and bounds every single day, all over the world. Thank you for. Folks for tuning into this show, and here is the yeah. RNC Day Three. God's fired and conquered were men and women of remarkable character and fortitude. An extraordinary spirit fueled the dreams they held. 
That spirit lived on to win liberty in the revolution. It emboldened the underground railroads. It strengthened the brave souls at Normandy. It endured with those who gallantly fought the spread of communism. And on 9-11, that same spirit was found in the men and women storming the gates of death to save precious lives. The spirit of heroism thrives in the presence of tyranny, disaster. It is stronger than any virus. Yet there are those who condemn our heroes. Just a quick interruption, folks. Here, I was curious um, during the introduction. Here, we're hearing all this pageantry, and um, he said there's those who want to condemn our heroes. Who are those? Who are those that want to condemn? And who's ever said anything about condemning heroes? Just another example of how we try to instill f- fear and fright to what happens if, if the other side wins. And, and, and That's and all this is. Point. Let's continue. Seek to erase history and deconstruct the American ideal. Remake America into something it was never intended to be. But the spirit of heroism stands in the breach. It lives in the heart, it breathes in the soul, and is woven into the courageous fabric of Americans like you. It preserves liberty, it strengthens families, it empowers the extraordinary. The spirit of heroism inspires us to act when others are in need, to do the right thing. Join us tonight. Dream heroic dreams. Celebrate America. Land of the free, home of the brave. Good evening. I'm Governor Christy Nome of South Dakota. I'm here tonight because I believe America is an exceptional nation founded on three principles, equality, freedom, and opportunity. But today, our founding principles are under attack. This year, the choice for Americans is between a man who values these ideals and all that can be built because of them, and a man who isn't guided by these ideals and coincidentally has built nothing. Remember, America's battle for independence and fight for self-governance was something that had never been done before. Men of great intellect and wisdom, like James Madison, the father of our Constitution, hoped our constitutional republic would last for ages, mitigate the problems that would naturally arise from political factions, and prevent tyranny. Madison also authored much of the Bill of Rights because he understood the natural tendency of government to increasingly encroach on the people's consent, and thus, our freedom. He urged his colleagues to adopt these amendments to enshrine in our Constitution the ideals laid out in the Declaration of Independence, that all power comes from the people, that the government is created and ought to be exercised for the benefit of the people. Our Constitution guarantees the right to speak, to assemble, and to worship, the right to arm ourselves as a counterbalance to a standing army, and the right to a fair and equitable criminal justice system. We must fight to protect these foundational rights from government interference and indifference. America is unique in the world. Government's power at all levels is limited to the confines of our Constitution, which protects our God-given liberties and civil rights. We are not and will not be the subjects of an elite class of so-called experts. We, the people, 
are the government. Can you hear me? Now, at times, our yeah. country has struggled Hello? to live up to our founding principles. Another great American, yeah. Abraham Lincoln, knew that again? struggle better than anybody. Yeah, I can hear you. When he was just 28 years old, Honest Abe saw wild and furious passions worse than savage mobs, he said, taking the place of reasoned judgment. He was alarmed by the increasing disregard for the rule of law throughout the country. He was concerned for the people that had seen their property destroyed, their families attacked, and their lives threatened or even taken away. These good people were becoming tired of and disgusted with a government that offered them no protection. Sound familiar? It took 244 years to build this great nation, flaws and all. But we stand to lose it in a tiny fraction of that time if we continue down the path taken by the Democrats and their radical supporters. From Seattle and Portland to Washington and New York, Democrat-run cities across this country are being overrun by violent mobs. The violence is rampant. There's looting, chaos, destruction, and murder. People that can afford to flee have fled, but the people that can't, good, hardworking Americans, are left to fend for themselves. The Republican Party's commitment to individual rights and self-government is as necessary today as it was in 1860 when we won our first presidential election. Our party respects individuals based on who they are. We don't divide people based on their beliefs or their roots. We don't shun people who think for themselves. We respect everyone equally under the Constitution, and we treat them as Martin Luther King Jr. wished, according to the content of their character, not the color of their skin. In just four years, President Trump has lifted people of all races and backgrounds out of poverty. He shrunk government. He put money back into the pockets of hardworking, ordinary Americans. He has advanced religious liberty. He protected the Second Amendment. You can look back 50 years. You won't find anyone that has surpassed President Trump's success on these four issues alone. History chooses its heroes for the time in which they live. At our founding, Madison was one of the chosen. When the nation's very existence was challenged, it was Lincoln's turn. Thanks to these men, America is... Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee. America is a nation of heroes. In times of difficulty, we're reminded that they're all around us. They're in the line with us at the grocery store, in the pew with us at church. They're the regular Americans who step up to volunteer and serve when we need them most. They've stood at the forefront throughout this pandemic. The emergency room nurses who go back shift after shift, the medical researchers developing a vaccine and therapies to combat what the Chinese Communist regime unleashed on the world. Cookville's Double Springs Church of Christ members lifting our country up in prayer and providing for those impacted by tragedy. But tonight, I want to talk to you about another kind of hero, the kind Democrats don't recognize because they don't fit into their narrative. 
I'm talking about the heroes of our law enforcement and armed services. Leftists try to turn them into villains. They want to cancel them. But I'm here to tell you these heroes can't be canceled. Tennessee is full of them. After all, we're the volunteer state. My dad served in the Army in World War II. When he came home, he put on another uniform and for 30 years volunteered to help our underfunded sheriff's department. I'm reminded of him whenever I see compassion and selflessness in others. When I see law enforcement officers put their lives on the line every single day to keep our community safe in spite of the hatred thrown at them. When I see the heroes who volunteer to serve our country putting their lives on the line for our freedom. Many of these heroes call Tennessee home, and we could not be more proud of the brave men and women of the 101st Airborne Division at Fort Campbell. The common thread between them is a deep-seated desire to serve a cause larger than themselves. They don't believe their country owes them anything. They believe they owe their country and their fellow man. As hard as Democrats try, they can't cancel our heroes. They can't contest their bravery. And they can't dismiss the powerful sense of service that lives deep in their souls. So, they tried to defund them, our military, our police, even ICE, to take away their tools to keep us safe. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and their radical allies tried to destroy these heroes because if there are no heroes to inspire us, government can control us. They close our churches, but keep the liquor stores and abortion clinics open. They say we can't gather in community groups, but encourage protests, riots, and looting in the streets. If the Democrats had their way, they would keep you locked in your house until you become dependent on the government for everything. That sounds a lot like communist China to me. Maybe that's why Joe Biden is so soft on them. Why Nancy Pelosi says that China would prefer Joe Biden. Yep, I bet they would. But President Trump has stood up for our heroes every day. He stood by our law enforcement, our military, and the freedoms we hold dear. He's made good on his promise to put America first. And I hope you will stand with me as we send him back for four more years with a clear message to the Democrats. You will never cancel our heroes. Folks, I hate to uh, keep interrupting and we'll try to keep it to a minimum, but when we hear statements that are just so inconsistent with reality and the truth, we, have, oh, we owe it to you and, and as part of the integrity of our program to, to come in and comment accordingly and, and state what the facts are. No one in any party 
has ever said anything about canceling our heroes. No, nobody's ever said it. Nobody's ever insinuated it. Nobody's ever hinted that that was anybody's platform or part of anybody's platform. Furthermore, do we remember when Donald Trump, it came out that he got out of the military draft by saying that he had bone spurs? And, and it just goes on. I'm not going to continue with that. But anyway, do we remember it? Talking about her- heroes. Let's continue. Good evening. I'm retired Lieutenant General Keith Kellogg. In 1967, at the age of 22, I volunteered to serve my country in Vietnam. From the jungles of Vietnam to the deserts of Iraq, I have gone where my nation asked. I have borne witness to soldiers' last moments on earth, their lives spent in hope and promise of a better future for all Americans. I was in the Pentagon on September 11, 2001. I lost friends there that day. In the years that followed, I watched my daughter, son, and son-in-law deploy to Afghanistan. I have looked into the eyes of my grandchildren as they said goodbye to their fathers and hugged them one last time. The number you have dialed has service. not been recognized. I understand. Please try again. I know leadership. Over the past three and a half years, I have witnessed every major foreign policy and national security decision by the president. I have been in the room where it happened. I saw only one agenda and one guiding question when tough calls had to be made. Is this decision right for America? When President Donald Trump took office, decades of failed foreign policy had crippled us. He faced wars without end in sight, creation of failed states like Libya and Syria, a past that allowed a terrorist caliphate to grow, and leadership in Washington that allowed our military to atrophy while we spent trillions of dollars abroad instead of investing at home. President Trump has reversed the decline of our military and restructured our national security strategy. With historic investment and vision, our military is now better equipped, better resourced, and better manned than any military in the world. President Trump demolished the terrorist ISIS caliphate in the Middle East and eliminated its leader, al-Baghdadi, one of the world's most brutal terrorists. President Trump took decisive action against Iranian terrorist mastermind, Qasem Soleimani, a man responsible for deaths of hundreds of American servicemen in Iraq. When our NATO allies failed to meet their commitments as we upheld ours, President Trump demanded parity. NATO members have now increased their contributions over $100 billion this year, and NATO's Secretary General credits President Donald J. Trump. President Trump challenged and continues to challenge an ever-increasingly provocative and militant China. But make no mistake, President Trump is no hawk. He wisely wields the sword when required, but believes in seeking peace instead of perpetual conflict. Just over a week ago, our president brokered a peace agreement between the United Arab Emirates and Israel, the first in the Middle East in over 25 years. And this week, 
Afghan negotiators, with help from American officials, will start peace negotiations between the Taliban and the Afghan government to end America's longest war. Ask yourself, has this president kept his promises to keep us out of needless conflicts and to pursue ending wars without end? Has he defended your interests in renegotiating trade deals that previously hurt Americans in our national security? Has he fulfilled his commander-in-chief role by decisively going after our nation's enemies? You and I know the answer is yes. The choice is clear. This is the most important election of our lifetime. The next four years will decide the course of our country for decades to come. I am asking you to stand up and be counted so we never have to look back and recall what it was once like in America when men and women were free, our families were secure, and we had a president who served the people. God bless America. Thank you, and good night. Folks, I just keep keep up fast enough. I can't write fast enough to to write all the to correct all the falsities. What I'd like you to do is fact check the speeches that you heard here on this show by the Republican speakers. I'd like you to fact check some of this information they provide. Okay, just do it on your own. Just don't take my word for it. You do it. Continuing on with our coverage of the GOP convention. Here we go. Our next speaker. Good evening. My name is Tara Myers. Tonight, I am here as a wife and mother to share how education freedom has personally impacted my family, especially the life of my son, Samuel. Before Samuel was even born, I was told his life wouldn't be worth living. When early tests revealed he had Down syndrome, our doctor encouraged me to terminate the pregnancy. He said, if you do not, you will be burdening your life, your family, and your community. I knew my baby was a human being created by God, and that made him worthy of life. I am thankful that President Trump values the life of the unborn. When we went to register Samuel for kindergarten, we were told to just put him where he would be comfortable. Don't stress him out by trying to teach him. When we pushed for him to attend his neighborhood school with his sisters, we were told, just go home and let us do what we do. When I inquired about functional learning, I was told, this is all you get, like it or not. Well, I did not like it. One size did not fit all. So, I helped fight to pass legislation in Ohio for a special needs scholarship so that all students could choose the right program for their needs. I worked to start a new functional learning program at our local private school. Finally, Samuel had an appropriate place to learn. Last December, Samuel was invited to the White House to meet our president and share his thoughts on education freedom. He said, school choice helped my dreams come true. My school taught me the way I learn best. I was able to fit in. I made many friends. I became a part of my community. My teachers helped me become the best I can be. President Trump shook my hand and said, wonderful job, mom. Your son is amazing. Unlike the doctor who told me to 
end Samuel's life, before it even began, President Trump did not dismiss my son. He showed Samuel he valued him and was proud of what he accomplished. President Trump gave Samuel an equal seat at the table. Tonight, I would like to extend my thanks to President Trump and his administration for their work towards making every student's dream of a meaningful education a reality and for fighting to ensure every child in America has an equal seat at the table of education freedom and an equal opportunity in life. Thank you, and may God bless America. It all started at a tea party. 13 years before the American Civil War, civil unrest and division separated countrymen into two opposing camps. One Notice that to keep what's going on now in this country is being place. ignored. The other determined to see all people free. Elizabeth Cady Stanton and Lucretia Mott felt the call to fight for that freedom when they were selected as delegates for an anti-slavery convention. But upon arrival, were told they could not speak or vote at the male-dominated event. On July 9, 1848, Mott, Stanton, and three other women met for tea. By the end of the day, they'd formed a coalition with the sole purpose of gaining the right for women to vote, so they in turn would be free to fight for the freedoms of others. Women across America united and formed activist groups working tirelessly to win the vote for American women. The unconquerable Susan B. Anthony became one of the most visible leaders of women's suffrage when, in 1872, she registered and voted for every Republican on the ballot. As punishment for her actions, she was arrested for illegal voting. At the request of Susan B. Anthony, Senator A.A. Sargent introduced the 19th Amendment in 1878. The Susan B. Anthony Amendment was submitted and defeated four times, but women continued to fight. Sojourner Truth and many other black suffragettes defied segregation, fighting for all women's voices to be heard and allowed to vote. For the two years prior to ratification, the silent sentinels quietly picketed the White House. Finally, when Republicans regained control of Congress, on August 26, 1920, the Equal Suffrage Amendment was signed into law. Women's suffrage movement took 72 years and would change the lives of women forever. The victory was achieved peacefully through the valiant efforts of women patriots and the democratic process. 100 years later, in a bold declaration of rights for women, President Trump granted a full pardon to Susan B. Anthony on the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment's ratification. Women's suffrage was born from a desire to fight for the freedom of others. Now, we, the great patriots of America, will band together once again. And with one unified voice, we will vote for freedom. You may know me as a supporter of President Trump, but tonight I'm here to share with you how he supported me. 
both as a new mom and as an American with a pre-existing condition. When I was 21 years old, I got a call that changed my life. It was my doctor informing me that I had tested positive for the BRCA2 genetic mutation, a mutation that put my chances of breast cancer at 84%. It was the same mutation that my mom had, compelling her to get a preventative double mastectomy, removing her breast tissue, but protecting her from a disease that has taken far too many of our mothers, our sisters, our friends. In my family, eight women alone were diagnosed with breast cancer, several in their young 20s. I now faced the same prospect. For nearly a decade, I was routinely at Moffitt Cancer Center getting MRIs, ultrasounds, and necessary surveillance. During these visits, I crossed paths with brave women battling cancer and fighting through chemotherapy. They were a testament to American strength. They are American heroes. On May 1st, 2018, I followed in my mother's footsteps, choosing to get a preventative mastectomy. I was scared the night before I fought back tears as I prepared to lose a piece of myself forever. But the next day, with my mom, dad, husband, and Jesus Christ by my side, I underwent a mastectomy, almost eliminating my chance of breast cancer, a decision I now celebrate. Breast reconstruction has advanced remarkably. While it is an individual's decision, my doctor and I chose a course of surgery that left me virtually unchanged. But more important than physical results, I developed a strength and a confidence that I carry with me. During one of my most difficult times, I expected to have the support of my family, but I had more support than I knew. As I came out of anesthesia, one of the first calls I received was from Ivanka Trump. As I recovered, my phone rang again. It was President Trump calling to check on me. I was blown away. Here was the leader of the free world caring about my circumstance. At the time, I had only met President Trump on a few occasions, but now I know him well, and I can tell you that this president stands by Americans with pre-existing conditions. In fact, President Trump called me this morning, I spoke with him several times today, and he told me how proud he was of me for sharing this story. The same way President Trump has supported me, he supports you. I see it every day. I've heard him say the hardest part of his job is writing to loved ones of fallen soldiers. I've seen him offer heartfelt outreach to grieving parents who lost their children to crime in the streets. And I've watched him fight for Americans who lost their jobs. President Trump fights for the American people because he cares about stories like these. I have a nine-month-old daughter. She's a beautiful, sweet little girl. And I choose to work for this president for her. When I look into my baby's eyes, I see a new life. 
a miracle for which I have a solemn responsibility to protect. That means protecting America's future, a future President Trump will fight for, where our neighborhoods are protected, where life is sacred, where God is cherished, not taken out of our schools, removed from our pledge, and erased from our history. I want my daughter to grow up in President Donald J. Trump's America. Choosing to have a preventative mastectomy was the hardest decision I ever had to make. But supporting President Trump, who will protect my daughter and our children's future, was the easiest. Can somebody call the show at 515-608-9888 and explain to me what the correlation between that decision, which I'm glad she made, and my friends have made similar, is, and having Donald Trump be our uh, president one more time in four more years. What, I don't get the connection. Somebody, please set me straight. Thank you. Let's continue on with the show. Good evening. I'm Karen Pence. My husband is Vice President Mike Pence. 100 years ago today, the 19th Amendment was adopted into the United States Constitution, guaranteeing women the right to vote. Because of heroes like Susan B. Anthony and Lucy Stone, women today, like our daughters, Audrey and Charlotte, and future generations will have their voices heard and their votes count. The women's suffrage movement was the gateway that led to women having the opportunities to achieve monumental milestones and accomplish significant achievements in both civic and governmental roles. This evening, we look at heroes in our land. As second lady of the United States for the past three and a half years, I have had the honor of meeting many heroes across this great country. The Pences are a military family. Our son Michael serves in the United States Marines, and our son-in-law Henry serves in the U.S. Navy. And one of my key initiatives is to elevate and encourage military spouses. These men and women, like our daughter Charlotte and our daughter-in-law Sarah, are the home front heroes. I have been privileged to hear so many stories of selfless support volunteer spirit, and great contributions to the armed forces and our communities. You know, military spouses may experience frequent moves and job changes, periods of being a single parent while their loved one is deployed, all while exhibiting pride, strength, and determination, and being a part of something bigger than themselves. To all of the military spouses, thank you. President Trump and Vice President Pence have been supporting our United States Armed Forces, including our military families, on a significant scale. While traveling throughout our nation to educate military spouses about policy solutions that President Trump has promoted involving real, tangible progress in military spouse employment, I have been inspired to meet heroes like Lisa Bradley, and Cameron Cruz. These military spouses decided to start their own business, R. Riveter, named after the Rosie the Riveter campaign used to recruit women workers during World War II. R. Riveter makes beautiful handbags 
designed and manufactured exclusively by military spouses. And many of those spouses live all over the country. They prepare and send their section of the bags to the company located in North Carolina where the final product is assembled. Military spouse hero Jalan Hall Johnson in Billings, Montana is a culinary artist who had dreamed of starting her own restaurant. Working with the Small Business Administration's Development Center, Jalan started her restaurant, The Sassy Biscuit, and she just opened a second restaurant in Dover, New Hampshire. And as the second lady, I've also been able to bring awareness to a form of therapy for our heroic veterans suffering from PTSD. Art therapy, facilitated by a professional art therapist, is especially effective with post-traumatic stress disorder. Master Gunnery Sergeant Chris Stowe, a Marine veteran I met in Tampa, who deployed for combat in Iraq and Afghanistan, said nothing had helped him deal with the trauma from his service in the Marines until he finally agreed to meet with the art therapist at Walter Reed Medical Center. Chris credits art therapy with saving his marriage and his life. And Chris went on to establish a glass blowing workshop to help other vets. Sorry to interrupt you here, folks. Well, you know, my, my wife is a physical therapist and an occupational therapist and a doctor from Columbia University. And motor learning has met many physical therapists, speech therapists, art therapists who've helped many in various fields, and of course veterans as well. Um, and that's who we are as a society, and those services are regularly provided by two veterans and others in this country. It's part of what we do. It's part of who we are as a society. Let's get back to the program. Especially impacted me. A veteran herself. Sydney said it is the highest honor of her life until they physically walk into a clinic to receive help they deserve and she can pass their hand to someone ready to help. In these difficult times, we've all seen so many examples of everyday Americans reaching out a hand to those in need. Those who and it's not just Americans reaching out of hands and those needs. It's their profession, their job, and they're proud of it. That's what they do for a living, We've okay? And it's great that they do it, believe me. Teachers, but, but come on. First responders, mental health providers, law enforcement officers, grocery and delivery workers, and farmers, and so many others. Heroes all. 100 years ago, women secured the right to vote. So let's vote, America. Let's honor our heroes. Let's reelect President Trump and Vice President Pence for four more years. God bless our heroes and God bless the United States of America. Oh boy, once again, so what did anything she had to say have to do with reelecting Donald Trump? Anything whatsoever? Can somebody. Again, call the studio and let me know. The number here is 515-608-9888. We want you to be part of the show. Voice your opinion. You know, let's, let's, let's start a conversation. Good evening. I'm Kellyanne Conway. 100 years ago, courageous warriors helped women secure the right to vote. This has been a century worth celebrating, but also a reminder that our democracy is young and fragile. A woman in a leadership role can still seem novel. Not so for President Trump, 
For decades, he has elevated women to senior positions in business and in government. He confides in and consults us, respects our opinions, and insists that we are on equal footing with the men. President Trump helped me shatter a barrier in the world of politics by empowering me to manage his campaign to its successful conclusion. With the help of millions of Americans, our team defied the critics, the naysayers, the conventional wisdom, and we won. For many of us, women's empowerment is not a slogan. It comes not from strangers on social media or sanitized language in a corporate handbook. It comes from the everyday heroes who nurture us, who shape us, and who believe in us. I was raised in a household of all women. They were self-reliant and resilient. Their lives were not easy, but they never complained. Money was tight, but we had an abundance of what mattered most, family, faith, and freedom. I learned that in America, limited means does not make for limited dreams. The promise of America belongs to us all. This is a land of inventors and innovators, of entrepreneurs and educators, of pioneers and parents, each contributing to the success and the future of a great nation and her people. These everyday heroes have a champion in President Trump, the teacher who took extra time to help students adjust to months of virtual learning, the nurse. Turn this down. Hello, who do we have in line? Hello, who's there? Hey, hey. Hey, everyone. What's up? Hey, guys. Who's there? How many? Yeah, how many yeah, I'm here. Book, 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 book of what to do something right quick, but I'm here. God damn it, because I, it's you know right, what? Wow. That's right. This is big, big Uncle Ike, big Ike with the big nut, and I'm listening to a bunch of nuts. <laughs> hey. Hey, Ike, you usually come on Fridays. I guess you're going to take over the host this week, huh? You're taking over everything. I don't know about that. I don't know about that because I'm going to tell you something. With all these people out here, and all I got to do is walk the street. Next thing I know, I'm dodging bullets. And, 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 and what am I end up doing? Don't let me get my gap because I'm going to be shooting a motherfucker in a minute. And, and, and I'm going to go up there. I'm going to go up there in the RNC convention. And see, was the first person I'm going to slap is Mike Pence. I know Mike Pence talked to my sister, Kamala. Hey, hey, Kamala, I'm talking. I got the back. Jack, that's the back. What about her, she Walker? What about her, she Walker? She got some meat for her. I'm going to slap that boy by the end with my meat because I'm big ass with the meat. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, hey, what do you think about her, she Walker? Who? Hershey Walker. In taking Hershey, action what, what are you doing? You eating candy bars, too? No, Hershey Walker, the um, football player. Hershey Walker, he was, you know. Hershey Walker, okay, then listen, I'm up on things, but you got to, you got to hit me the things. Um, what, what you talking about, going well? Who was the guy that was a Republican and his name was Hershey or something like that? You know, he was a Republican. I don't know. Where's that boy at? Where that dude boy at? Uh, Andrew? Is no, it was, a, it was a football player. A, fo- a football player. You tell me about it. Well, he's, 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 um, 
He's a Republican, and he was talking real great about him. He was talking he was, real great about him. He was saying they, they the best thing that ever happened. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. When you're taking drugs, you say anything. <laughs> That's why he, he up there taking them drugs, because the Pence and Trump some probably pumped him up with a bunch of stuff and told him what to say. Put him up there like a black puppet and said, listen, say this, and I'll give you some more crap. That's, that's what he didn't say. <laughs> yeah, how you doing, Amanda? It's going good, Uncle Ike. I missed you, dude. Yeah, hey, hey, listen, listen, I'm with you. I'm with you. Hey, 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 Booker. I, I, Booker. Amanda's on the phone. If she wants something to say, let's do it. Hey, how you doing, Amanda? Hey, Booker. How you doing, Bob? Yeah, how you feeling? Everything good. Okay, get off the phone, goddammit. I don't want you over here on the phone, though. <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to talk to Booker and see how he's doing. I haven't heard from Booker in a while. I wanted to say hi to Booker. In the battles of Saratoga. Yeah, he ain't on there now. He went back. I don't know what he's doing. But right now, listen, what do they think about us over there in London with this four runner? You know, he talked about, listen, if I heard Trump right now talking about grabbing my woman in the crowd, I've been there, put him in a police arm lock and choke the mess out of him. What do you think? Well, I can't speak for everybody else. I can only speak for myself. The focus at the moment for us is uh, Boris Johnson and everything he's doing in the news. Is he as bad as Trump? I wouldn't say he's bad, but he's, he's, he's not looking too good at the moment. <laughs> uh, you know what? What the hell is wrong with this world? You know what? You know what? What's that? They better send that feedback down because I'm getting ready to run for president here. You'd make an awesome president. I ain't got the Republican Party. I ain't got the Democratic Party. I ain't got the Independent Party. I got the do right body. That's what I got the do right party. And what I'm going to do is I'm running for president. I'm going to make Andy my vice president. I'm a half well, the minister of defense. I'm not, not, not secretary of defense, minister of defense. I'm putting him on, and I'm going to have you as my second lady. There you go. Wow, second lady. I'm black folks, the white folks, the women folks, and every other folks that I can think of for the do-right body. And I'm going to get them all out of there. These people are simple. They have lost their damn mind. Despite the Democrats, let's go right now. Yes. <laughs> that woman don't know what she's talking about. She reads from a script. Was proud to lead the effort, standing up for the Constitution. Proud? What effort? Did you, you hear that? And most importantly, the American This attack was not just on the president. It was an attack on you, your voice, and your vote. But the American no, people no, are not afraid of this partisan attack. They're attacking attack. me now. They ain't saying nothing about me getting shot at is out in the street. Than ever before. <laughs> we know yeah. what's at stake oh, in this historic election. Americans no, I, 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 it was a, it was a, it was a, one of those sad laughs. It's why more Republican women are running for office this year. We understand that this election is a choice between the far-left democratic socialist agenda and protecting and preserving the American dream. President Trump is working to safely reopen our mainstream economy. 
He understands that the engine of our country is fueled by the opening has obviously failed with coronavirus numbers spiking in various urban areas across the country. Joe Biden wants to keep them locked up in the basement and crush them with $4 trillion in new taxes. Folks, that is bogus. There's nothing on the books. There's no mention there will not be $4 trillion in new taxes. I don't know where they came up with that one. What else are they going to put on the stand up for the American people and the Constitution. I believe in the American people to elect the only candidate who is capable of protecting the American dream, President Donald J. Trump. Thank you to the North Country for the opportunity to serve as your voice supporting his re-election. God That's bless the United States of America, the greatest country on earth. <laughs> Forgive me, but I heard recently that uh, the J in Donald J. Trump stands for joke. Am I right? I heard recently that the J in Donald J. Trump stands for joke. It, it might very well might be. If it's Donald Joe Trump, the day, DJG, Donald Joe Trump. But you know what? We got to be careful about saying that stuff because we got some crazy people out there that might want to hurt us. Uh, something like that. Good evening, yeah, this is, this is not my personal opinion. Okay, that's the way 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 that's the my parents were small business owners and worked hard to make sure that my brother and I had everything we needed, but not everything we wanted. My parents raised me to believe that in America, I could achieve anything with hard work and determination. That the opportunities available to me were limited only by the size of my ambition. That I should dream big, and I did. Those very dreams are what led me to New York City. I'd heard the adage, if I can make it there, I can make it anywhere, and I intended to do just that. Never in a million years did I think that I would be on this stage tonight, and I certainly never thought that I'd end up with the last name Trump. My seventh grade English teacher, Mrs. B, used to tell us, believe none of what you hear, half of what you read, and only what you're there to witness firsthand. The meaning of those words never really weighed on me until I met my husband and the Trump family. Any preconceived notion I had of this family disappeared immediately. They were warm and caring. They were hard workers, and they were down to earth. They reminded me of my own family. They made me feel like I was home. Walking the halls of the Trump Organization, I saw the same family environment. I also saw the countless women executives who thrived there year after year. Gender didn't matter. What mattered was the ability to get the job done. Yeah. Thank you very much. Y'all still there? Yeah, we're here. To help him win my cherished home. You know, he made me feel right at home, too. First of all, if I went to him, he said, oh, you were supposed to be here last week cleaning it up. Let me give you this mopping bucket right now. I'm still listening to this woman. Who, who is that supposed to be talking? of the Air Force, the first female CIA director, the first black female director of the Fish and Wildlife Service, and countless ambassadors, just to name a few. 
Under President Trump's leadership, women's unemployment hit the lowest level since World War II. 4.3 million new jobs have been created for women. In 2019 alone, women took over 70% of all new jobs. Female small business ownership... Any idea how many empty cases that left? Amelia Earhart to Rosa Parks and Sally Ride, women shaped our history and are part of what has made our country the most exceptional nation in the world. I often think back to my 24-year-old self driving alone in my car from North Carolina to New York City, and I think about what I'd tell myself now as we head towards the most critical election in modern history. This is not just a choice between Republican and Democrat or left and right. This is an election that will decide if we keep Somebody America America or if we head down an uncharted, frightening path yeah, towards socialism. Too. I don't know what that is. Abraham Lincoln once famously said, America will never be destroyed from the outside. If we falter and lose our freedoms, it will be because we destroyed ourselves. While those words were spoken over 150 years ago, never have they been more relevant. Will we choose the right path and maintain the unique freedoms and boundless opportunities that make this country the greatest in the history of the world? Will we remain the beacon of hope for those around the world fighting oppression, communism, and tyranny? The choice is ours. I know the promise of America because I've lived it, not just as a member of the Trump family, but as a woman who knows what it's like to work in blue-collar jobs, to serve customers for tips and to aspire to rise. When I look at my son Luke and my daughter Carolina, I wonder, what sort of country will I be leaving for them, for our future generations? In recent months, we've seen weak, spineless politicians seek control of our great American cities to violent mobs. Defund the police is the rallying cry for the new radical Democrat party. Joe Biden will not do what it takes to maintain order to keep our children safe in our neighborhoods and in their schools, to restore our American way of life. We cannot dare to dream our biggest dreams for ourselves or for our children while consumed by worry about the safety of our families. President Trump is the law and order president, from our borders to our backyards. President Trump will keep America safe. President Trump will keep America prosperous. President Trump will keep America, America. If you're watching tonight and wrestling with your vote on November 3rd, I implore you, tune out the distorted news and biased commentary and hear it straight from someone who knows. I wasn't born a Trump. I'm from the South. I was raised a Carolina girl. I went to public schools and worked my way through a state university. Mrs. B from my seventh grade English class was right. What I learned about our president is different than what you might have heard. I learned that he's a good man, that he loves his family, that he didn't need this job, that no one on earth works harder for the American people, that he's willing to fight for his beliefs and for the people and the country that he loves. 
He is a person of conviction. He is a fighter and will never stop fighting for America. He will uphold our values. He will preserve our families. And he will build upon the great American edict that our union will never be perfect until opportunity is equal for all, including and especially for women. Our 40th president, Ronald Reagan, said it best. The dreams of people may differ, but everybody wants their dreams to come true. And America, above all places, gives us the freedom to do that. It's up to us to keep this country a place where no dream is out of reach for our children and generations beyond. To my father-in-law, thank you for believing in me. Thank you for bravely leading this country, and thank you for continuing to fight every day for America. May God bless and protect the Gulf states in the path of the hurricane. May God bless our troops, and may God continue to bless this incredible country. Please welcome the Vice President of the United States, Mike Pence, accompanied by the second lady, Mrs. Karen Pence. Good evening, America. It's an honor to speak to you tonight. On the hallowed, hallowed grounds of Fort McHenry, the site of the very battle that inspired the words of our national anthem. Those words have inspired this land of heroes in every generation since. It was on this site 206 years ago when our young republic heroically withstood a ferocious naval bombardment from the most powerful empire on earth. They came to crush our revolution, to divide our nation, and to end the American experiment. The heroes who held this fort took their stand for life, liberty, freedom, and the American flag. And those ideals have defined our nation. But they were hardly ever mentioned at last week's Democratic National Convention. Instead, Democrats spent four days attacking America. Joe Biden said that we were living through a season of darkness. But as President Trump said, where Joe Biden sees American darkness, we see American greatness. Yeah. 
In these challenging times, our country needs a president who believes in America, who believes in the boundless capacity of the American people to meet any challenge, defeat any foe, and defend the freedoms we hold dear. America needs four more years of President Donald Trump in the White House. Before I go further, allow me to say a word to the families and communities in the path of Hurricane Laura. Our prayers are with you tonight. And our administration is working closely with authorities in the states that will be impacted. That's FEMA right, has mobilized resources and supplies for those in harm's way. This is a serious storm. And we urge all those in the affected areas to heed state and local authorities. Stay safe and know that we'll be with you every step of the way to support, rescue, respond, and recover in the days and weeks ahead. That's what Americans do. Four years ago, I answered the call to join this ticket because I knew that Donald Trump had the leadership and the vision to make America great again. And for the last four years, I've watched this president endure unrelenting attacks, but get up every day and fight to keep the promises that he made to the American people. So with gratitude for the confidence President Donald Trump has placed in me, the support of our Republican Party, and the grace of God, I humbly accept your nomination to run and serve as Vice President of the United States. Serving the American people in this office has been a journey I never expected. It's a journey that would not have been possible without the support of my family, beginning with my wonderful wife, Karen. She's a lifelong school teacher, an incredible mother to our three children. And she is one outstanding second lady of the United States. I'm so proud of you. And we couldn't be more proud of our three children. Marine Corps Captain Michael J. Pence and his wife, Sarah. Our daughter, Charlotte Pence Bond, an author and the wife to Lieutenant Henry Bond, who is currently deployed and serving our nation in the United States Navy. And our youngest, a recent law school grad, our daughter Audrey and her fiancé, who, like so many other Americans, had to delay their wedding this summer. But we can't wait for Dan to be a part of our family. In addition, my wife and kids, the person who shaped my life 
the most is also with us tonight. My mom, Nancy. She is the daughter of an Irish immigrant, 87 years young. And mom follows politics very closely. And the truth be told, sometimes I think I'm actually her second favorite candidate on the Trump-Pence ticket. Thank you, Mom. I love you. Over the past four years, I've had the privilege to work closely with our president. I've seen him when the cameras are off. Americans see President Trump in lots of different ways. But there's no doubt how President Trump sees America. He sees America for what it is. A nation that has done more good in this world than any other. A nation that deserves far more gratitude than grievance. And if you want a president who falls silent when our heritage is demeaned or insulted, he's not your man. Now, we came by very different routes to this partnership. And some people think we're a little bit different. But, you know, I've learned a few things watching him watching him deal with all that we've been through over the past four years. He does things in his own way, on his own terms. Not much gets past him. And when he has an opinion, he's liable to share it. He certainly kept things interesting. But more importantly, President Donald Trump has kept his word to the American people. In a city known for talkers, President Trump is a doer. And few presidents have brought more independence, energy, or determination to that office. Four years ago, we inherited a military hollowed out by devastating budget cuts, an economy struggling to break out of the slowest recovery since the Great Depression. ISIS controlled a land mass twice the size of Pennsylvania, and we witnessed a steady assault on our most cherished values, freedom of religion and the right to life. That's when President Donald Trump stepped in. And from day one, he kept his word. We rebuilt our military. This president signed the largest increase in our national defense since the days of Ronald Reagan and created the first new branch of our armed forces in 70 years, the United States Space Force. And with that renewed energy, we also returned American astronauts to space on an American rocket for the first time in nearly 10 years. And after years of scandal that robbed our veterans of the care that you earned in the uniform of the United States, President Trump kept his word again. We reformed the VA 
and Veterans Choice is now available for every veteran in America. Our armed forces and our veterans fill this land of heroes. And many join us tonight in this historic fort. Tonight we have among us four recipients of the Medal of Honor. Six recipients of the Purple Heart. A Gold Star Mother of a gallant Navy SEAL. And wounded warriors from Soldier Strong, a group that serves our injured veterans every day. We are honored by your presence, and we thank you for your service. just like these, we defend this nation every day. And under this Commander-in-Chief, we've taken the fight to radical Islamic terrorists on our terms on their soil. Last year, American Armed Forces took the last inch of ISIS territory, crushed their caliphate, and took down their leader without one American casualty. And I was there when President Trump gave the order to take out the world's most dangerous terrorists. Iran's top general will never harm another American because Qasem Soleimani is gone. My fellow Americans, you deserve to know, Joe Biden criticized President Trump following those decisions, decisions to rid the world of two terrorist leaders. But it's not surprising, because history records that Joe Biden even opposed the operation that took down Osama bin Laden. It's no wonder that the Secretary of Defense under the Obama-Biden administration once said that Joe Biden has been, and I quote, wrong on nearly every major foreign policy and national security issue over the past four decades. So we've stood up to our enemies, and we've stood with our allies. Like when President Trump kept his word and moved the American embassy to Jerusalem, the capital of the state of Israel, setting the stage for the first Arab country to recognize Israel in 26 years. Closer to home. We appointed more than 200 conservative judges to our federal courts. We supported the right to life and all the God-given liberties enshrined in our Constitution, including the Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. And when it came to the economy, President Trump kept his word and then some. We passed the largest tax cut and reform in American history. We rolled back more federal red tape than any administration ever had. We unleashed American energy and fought for free and fair trade. And in our first three years, 
Businesses large and small created more than 7 million good-paying jobs, including 500,000 manufacturing jobs all across America. Our country became a net exporter of energy for the first time in 70 years. Unemployment rates for African Americans and Hispanic Americans hit the lowest level ever recorded. And on this 100th anniversary of the woman's right to vote, I'm proud to report that under President Donald Trump, we achieved the lowest unemployment rate for women in 65 years. and more Americans working than ever before. In our first three years, we built the greatest economy in the world. We made America great again. And then the coronavirus struck from China. Before the first case of the coronavirus spread within the United States, the President took unprecedented action and suspended all travel from China, the second largest economy in the world. Now that action saved untold American lives. And I can tell you firsthand, it bought us invaluable time to launch the greatest national mobilization since World War II. President Trump marshaled the full resources of our federal government from the outset. He directed us to forge a seamless partnership with governors across America in both political parties. We partnered with private industry to reinvent testing and produce supplies that, that were distributed to hospitals around the land. Today, we're conducting more than 800,000 tests a day, and we have coordinated the delivery of billions of pieces of personal protective equipment for our amazing doctors, nurses, and healthcare workers. We saw to the manufacture of 100,000 ventilators in 100 days. And no one who required a ventilator was ever denied a ventilator in the United States. We built hospitals, surged military medical personnel, and enacted an economic rescue package that saved 50 million American jobs. And as we speak, we're developing a growing number of treatments known as therapeutics, including convalescent plasma that are saving lives all across America. Now, last week, Joe Biden said that no miracle is coming. Well, what Joe doesn't seem to understand is that America is a nation of miracles. And I'm proud to report that we're on track to have the world's first safe, effective coronavirus vaccine by the end of this year. After all the sacrifice, in this year like no other, all the hardship, we're finding our way forward again. But tonight, our hearts are with all the families who have lost loved ones and have family members still struggling with serious illness.
In this country, we mourn with those who mourn. We grieve with those who grieve. And this night, I know that millions of Americans will pause and pray for God's comfort for each of you. You know, our country doesn't get through such a time unless its people find strength within. The response of doctors, nurses, first responders, farmers, factory workers, truckers, and everyday Americans who put the health and safety of their neighbors first has been nothing short of heroic. Veronica Sayez put on her scrubs every day. Day in and day out, went to work in one of New York City's busiest hospitals. She stayed on the job, put in the long hours until it was done, and then got back in her neighborhood and helped neighbors and friends struggling. Her brother William is a New York City firefighter. And they're both emblematic of heroes all across this country. They're with us tonight. And I say to them and to all of you, you have earned the admiration of the American people, and we will always be grateful for your service and care. Thanks to the courage and compassion of the American people, we're slowing the spread. We're protecting the vulnerable. And we're saving lives. And we're opening up America again. Because of the strong foundation that President Trump poured in our first three years, we've already gained back 9.3 million jobs in the last three months alone. And we're not just opening up America again. We're opening up America's schools. And I'm proud to report that my wife, Karen, that school teacher I've been married to, will be returning to her classroom next week. And so to all of our heroic teachers and faculty and staff, Thank you for being there for our kids. We're going to stay with you every step of the way. In the days ahead, as we open up America again, I promise you, we'll continue to put the health of America first. And as we work to bring this economy back, we all have a role to play. And we all have a choice to make. On November 3rd, you need to ask yourself, who do you trust to rebuild this economy? A career politician who presided over the slowest economic recovery since the Great Depression? Or a proven leader who created the greatest economy in the world? The choice is clear. To bring America all the way back, we need four more years of President Donald Trump in the White House.
My fellow Americans were passing through a time of testing. But in the midst of this global pandemic, just as our nation had begun to recover, we've seen violence and chaos in the streets of our major cities. President Trump and I will always support the right of Americans to peaceful protest. But rioting and looting is not peaceful protest. Tearing down statues is not free speech. And those who do so will be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Last week, Joe Biden didn't say one word about the violence and chaos engulfing cities across this country. So let me be clear. The violence must stop, whether in Minneapolis, Portland, or Kenosha. Too many heroes have died defending our freedom to see Americans strike each other down. We will have law and order on the streets of this country for every American of every race and creed and color. President Trump and I know that the men and women that put on the uniform of law enforcement are the best of us. Every day, when they walk out that door, they consider our lives more important than their own. People like Dave Patrick Underwood, an officer in the Department of Homeland Security's Federal Protective Service, who was shot and killed during the riots in Oakland, California. Dave's heroism is emblematic of the heroes that serve in blue every day. And we're privileged tonight to be joined by his sister, Angela. Angela, we say to you, we, we grieve with your family. And America will never forget or fail to honor Officer Dave Patrick Underwood. The American people know we don't have to choose between supporting law enforcement and standing with our African-American neighbors to improve the quality of their lives, education, jobs, and safety. And from the first days of this administration, we've done both. And we will keep supporting law enforcement and keep supporting our African-American and minority communities across this land for four more years. Wow. Joe Biden says that America is systemically racist and that law enforcement in America has, and I quote, an implicit bias against minorities. When asked whether he'd support cutting funding to law enforcement, Joe Biden replied, yes, 
Absolutely. Joe Biden would double down on the very policies that are leading to violence in America's cities. The hard truth is, you won't be safe in Joe Biden's America. Under President Trump, we will always stand with those who stand on the thin blue line, and we're not going to defund the police, not now, not ever. My fellow Americans, we're passing through a time of testing, but soon we will come to a time for choosing. Joe Biden has referred to himself as a transition candidate, and many were asking, transition to what? But last week, Democrats didn't talk very much about their agenda, and if I were them, I wouldn't either. And Bernie Sanders did tell his followers that Joe Biden would be the most liberal president in modern times. In fact, he said, and I quote, that many of the ideas he fought for, that just a few years ago were considered radical, are now mainstream in the Democratic Party. At the root of their agenda is the belief that America is driven by envy, not aspiration. That millions of Americans harbor ill will toward our neighbors instead of loving our neighbors as ourselves. The radical left believes that the federal government must be involved in every aspect of our lives to correct those American wrongs. They believe the federal government needs to dictate how Americans live, how we should work, how we should raise our children, and in the process deprive our people of freedom, prosperity, and security. Their agenda is based on government control. Our agenda is based on freedom. Where President Trump cut taxes, Joe Biden wants to raise taxes by nearly $4 trillion. Where this president achieved energy independence for the United States, Joe Biden would abolish fossil fuels, end fracking, and impose a regime of climate change regulations that would drastically increase the cost of living for working families. Where we fought for free and fair trade, and this president stood up to China and ended the era of economic surrender, Joe Biden has been a cheerleader for communist China. He wants to repeal all the tariffs that are leveling the playing field for American workers. Why? And he actually criticized President Trump for suspending all travel to China at the outset of this pandemic. Joe Biden is for open borders, sanctuary cities, free lawyers and health care for illegal immigrants. President Trump, he secured our border and built nearly 300 miles of that border wall. Joe Biden wants to end school choice. President Trump believes that every parent should have the right to choose where their children go to school regardless of their income or area code. 
President Trump, President Trump has stood without apology the sanctity of human life every day of this administration. Joe Biden, he supports taxpayer funding of abortion right up to the moment of birth. When you consider their agenda, it's clear. Joe Biden would be nothing more than a Trojan horse for the radical left. The choice in this election has never been clearer, and the stakes have never been higher. Last week, Joe Biden said, democracy's on the ballot. And the truth is, our economic recovery is on the ballot. Law and order are on the ballot. But so are things far more fundamental and foundational to our country. In this election, it's not so much whether America will be more conservative or more liberal, more Republican or more Democrat. The choice in this election is whether America remains America. It's whether we will leave to our children and our grandchildren a country grounded in our highest ideals of freedom, free markets, and the unalienable right to life and liberty, or whether we will leave them a country that's fundamentally transformed into something else. We stand at a crossroads, America. President Trump has set our nation on a path of freedom and opportunity. Joe Biden would set America on a path of socialism and decline. But we're not going to let it happen. President Donald Trump believes in America and in the goodness of the American people, the boundless potential of every American to live out their dreams in freedom and every day. President Trump has been fighting to protect the promise of America. Every day our president has been fighting to expand the reach of the American dream. Every day. President Donald Trump has been fighting for you. And now it's our turn to fight for him. On this night in the company of heroes, I'm deeply grateful. Deeply grateful for the privilege of serving as Vice President of this great nation and to have the opportunity to serve again. I pray to be worthy of it and I will give that duty all that's in me. In the year 2020, the American people have had more than our share of challenges. Thankfully, we have a president with the toughness, energy, and resolve to see us through. Now, those traits actually run in our national character. As the invading force learned on approach to this fort, in September of 1814. Against fierce and sustained bombardment, our young country was defended by heroes, not so different from those who are with us tonight. The enemy was counting on them to quit, but they never did. Fort McHenry held, and when morning came,
our flag was still here. My fellow Americans, we're going through a time of testing. But if you look through the fog of these challenging times, you will see. Our flag is still there today. That star-spangled banner still waves over the land of the free and the home of the brave. From these hallowed grounds, American patriots in generations gone by did their part to defend freedom. Now it's our turn. So let's run the race marked out for us. Let's fix our eyes on oh glory and all she represents. Let's fix our eyes on this land of heroes and let their courage inspire. And let's fix our eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith and our freedom. And never forget that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That means freedom always wins. Anyway, we're going to fact check more. That's just one uh, thing that I just want to bring out. There's so many. 
earlier. I couldn't write fast enough. So anyway, Amanda, you're, you're, what do you think of all this for the UK? Uh, I'm taking it in, Andy. I mean, I'm hearing all these these things that are, not all of them are true, and I'm wondering where it's all going when they promised um, a new direction. I was thinking, what direction exactly? Where are you taking everybody? Um, it's a lot to take in, Andy. It's a lot to take in. I mean, the fact that they're sharing a lot of lies, and, and we know that goes on anyway in politics. We know they they use certain tactics against each other to try and win the public over. But I, I don't know. I don't know. And, and not everybody's going to be convinced. If they if they love somebody, they will be like, I don't care if you tell me it's a bunch of lies. I'm going to vote for this person because I'm emotionally invested in in that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're right. And and as I said to people yesterday, so, uh, you know, the, the, the conventions typically this sort of things do not really, you know, something made up their mind. And, and and again, Trump could do something. He could choose, as Trump said himself, he could walk down Fifth Avenue in broad daylight and choose somebody. You know, people will let him, you know, will follow him anyway. Uh, that's just, yeah. that's just, you know, so um, there are certain, there's a very, very small percentage of the population that, that can go either way. But if, yeah. I, I don't know if I'm going to tell you enough. I mean, right now, Biden is clearly, even right now during the convention, Biden is ahead by double digits nationally. Can, oh, really? If, okay. If the election were held today, Biden would have close to 333 electoral college votes, and Trump would have about 113, right in there, 120, 150, you know, right, right, in, right in that range. Uh, of course, yeah. Between now and November 3rd, that's going to tighten up significantly. Um, yeah. But how significantly? We, we don't really know. Nobody knows. Right. Uh, yeah. But you know, there's a chance that, that Trump could win. Trump, Trump could win this thing. It's very true. It's very true. Yeah. It, it ain't over to how much is How much is he leading? I mean, how much is he? What, what's the gap now? The gap's been closed, right? Well, Hillary Clinton ahead 
Omicron TV, who's going on, and I don't even know. And that's only two votes, two people per precinct. You think that happens with two people per precinct and turned in. And that's why it's so, so important that we all encourage everybody we know, and more importantly, everybody they know, to get out and vote. Whether you're voting for Trump or Biden, whoever you're voting for, get out and vote. And this election means Andy, so- say, Andy, say that again because you faded away a little bit. I didn't hear you. Say it again. This, away. this election means so much. This election is so much that it is so important that not only uh, must we tell and make sure everybody we know gets out and votes, but we have to make sure that everybody they know gets out and votes. No, no voter, nobody who has the right to vote should not vote this election. It's, this is the most crucial and important election we've ever had in our history coming up. And we've all got to and a duty to make sure that everybody who can and is legally entitled to does get out there and vote. It's just that important. And again, regardless of who you're voting for, whoever it is, whoever you're supporting, I'm not, notice I did not say it's so important to go out there and vote for Joe Biden, although I think it, it is. But even if you're not voting right. for Joe Biden, go, go ahead and exercise that that way. Just exercise your right, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's that important. But uh, tomorrow, what we're going to do on tomorrow's show is we're going to uh, we're going to spend some time uh, summing up the, uh, the Republican, uh, the RNC, and publicly eventually we're going to hear speeches from uh, uh, Rudy Giuliani. We're going to hear uh, speeches from uh, uh, Trump's daughter Ivanka, and of course Trump himself. As we said earlier, I don't know if we said this off the air or not, but Trump is going to speak tonight, folks. Uh, and you can watch it. You, know, you, you said he is. You said he is, or is it? And we'll, we'll talk about it tomorrow night. Why don't you guys watch it tonight? We'll talk about it tomorrow night. Uh, Trump yeah. is going to be speaking in front of 1,500 people who do not have masks on on the White House lawn. Wow. Tonight. tonight. Yeah. Well, you and know what? Just, you guys got the widest way to the, the, the Bible, the Torah, uh, the Quran, widest way to the path of destruction. So when you got a bunch of fools doing things, you know, blindly to buy what? They both fall in a ditch. So, you know, that's how that's, that's, that's crazy. Are they allowing yeah. actual space, like, for social distancing, or is that just out of the window now? I just thought, uh, are you asking? No. 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 There, 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 there won't be any social. I'm going to tell you that straight out. There won't be any social distancing. They're, they're going to be grouped up together like they're at a party. Yeah. You can turn on a television right now, and uh, they're showing shots of the White House lawn. And you can look right now at, at, at wow. the football. You know, like they're at a, a, a football game, you know, shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, Let me have a look if I can find it online. Yeah like, like, yeah, like like he just said. And I know that without even watching. Like he said, like I had a football game. And, and, and you have to you have to realize, uh, uh, Amanda, even over there in the U.K. and for some of yeah. you that are listening in Canada. Yeah. This is uh, – people are, people are following this guy. People are following this guy. You know, just like, uh, you know, Jim Jones or, or um, Charlie Manson. And, and, and I'm not an unabashed fan of Biden. That's me. I'm not an unabashed fan of Biden, but I understand where Andy is coming from. But, I mean, to, to, to follow this ass, he, oh, you know, he did say at one time for the, uh, I don't know if you guys even heard this, 
He was talking okay. about uh, either shooting up or drinking bleach. You, you, did, you yes. did hear that. Yes, we heard yes. about that, yes. Yeah. There was yeah. a huge blow-up about yeah. that. I'm sorry, say it again. Sorry, darling. There was a huge blow-up about that. Everybody here was talking about that. Yeah, see, there you go. So, I mean, and and, and people are following this dude. Well, so, yeah. you know, like I said, blind lead the blind. They won't fall on the ditch. It, I mean, it definitely won't be mixed. But yeah. uh, you said he's coming on tomorrow, right, Andy? He's not coming on tonight. He's coming on tonight. He's going to speak shortly. No, okay. It'll probably be before everybody goes to sleep. I, I can hear, like, feedback. I hear yeah. feedback. Yeah, I can hear that, too. Okay, we cool. Yeah, I can hear it now. I guess it's over with now. <laughs> Man, you know what? We... I, I will say uh, one thing I will uh, 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 agree with by talking about dark days. They did that. Now, as much as I heard, as much as I heard, I did not hear one thing, and, and, and maybe it's, this might have been, I might have missed it. I did not hear one thing about the civil unrest, and I did not hear one thing about the, the, the virus that has gripped this nation. They didn't say anything, or, or did they? You guys might have heard more than I did. Did they say anything about either one of those things? It's funny you should mention that, Molly, because they did mention it, but here's how they mentioned it. They mentioned it in the past tense that it already happened, the virus. Okay, never mind. Then and they didn't. Then they didn't. And, and, and also, civil arrest, you're right, they skipped it. And, and during, while Pence is speaking, Wisconsin, we all know that. Well, we don't. We'll talk about it tomorrow, too, but we might not all know. I'm sure we do by now. What happened in the streets of Wisconsin last night um, with the uh, with the yeah. Well, we, yes. we yeah we can get into that. I mean, we're going to definitely write about that and and go to show to it next week, and, yeah. and then also get some rap from uh, from Amanda because I know that they have the same problem. Yeah. In the uh, in, in in the UK. Yeah. Well, listen, yeah. Um, how much longer we got? We have uh, nine minutes and forty seconds. Hey. Nine minutes and 40 seconds. Oh, okay, cool, cool. So, well, listen. given that, Amanda said she was going to sing us a song. Yeah, Amanda, sing a song. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so we can back you up, because we need something like to uh, 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 you. And I wish I had Ike being in a park. So, uh, yeah, so we, so we can back you up. But go ahead, drop, drop it like it's hot. Uh, what song do you want me to sing? Anything. Uh, anything. I mean, something, something to bring us. I know the last one you you did. Uh, I, I think it was something about heaven. But sing us something that'll resonate to for, for communal, humanistic, uh, uh, one love, that kind of thing. Oh man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I put on the spot. Oh my god. Um. You know, do you know Old Man River? No, I don't actually. Oh, I don't. Oh, I can. Well, wait a minute. No, no, you probably. Matter of fact, sing the song that you was live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, boys, do it. Do it. The song that I was singing live yesterday. Yeah, the song that you sung live yesterday on Facebook. Oh, okay. It's yeah, it's just one that I've recently written. Um, it's called This Love. Okay. Didn't yeah. you know? Seems like a dream 
Amanda's on the life that she's a very accomplished singer-songwriter, and then has Amanda Love, as I think is your website. What's the website? Uh, my Facebook, my music Facebook page is Amanda Love Music Official. There we go. There we go. Anyway, so I just want Amanda to get Love her. Music Official. That's good. I wanted, I wanted Andy. Amanda Love Music, but that was already taken. as I damn. <laughs> That's, that's Andy, well, before we sign off, you you need to give us a little something. Give us a little, a little rendition. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we got three right. minutes, Andy. You can hurry up. No, no, that's no. Right. no. That's right. We all said it, so drop it. The only thing drop we're going to get out is, is the, you know. I don't care. Just start. Just <laughs> jump right in. Just get it. Well, something. I want to hear. I want to hear. I want everybody to tune in we got something about Trump. Give me something right now, not unless it's a Trump song by you. What was Trump's song? I forget what it was. Um, what was his song? Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I had it. I had it. I think I had the song. Hurry up, man. We ain't got much more time. Here it is.
No, you know that was that was a real song. Uh, matter of fact, uh, uh, I call him Uncle John. That's John Ellison. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so listen, tomorrow night, man, five o'clock. Right? You there? Hello, hello. Oh, drop. Everybody there? 